chapter twelve of the photographer's evidence this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the photographer's evidence by nicholas carter chapter twelve the journey to hank lowe's kerr and Folsom stared at each other and at nick they were no fools it was clear enough what patsy's errand meant then said Folsom in a low voice you suspected claymore oh no not exactly nick replied but i thought it would be just as well to make it impossible to suspect him that was all this remark did not convince either of the men you wouldn't have gone to this trouble said Folsom, if you hadn't believed that he had a motive for the crime as to the motive replied nick i can only guess but if claymore is crooked and judson was straight isn't it possible that judson threatened an exposure and that claymore would try to prevent it kerr nodded that's all right he said but in the face of this evidence and he tapped the messenger's book it looks very bad for hank low admitted nick you think that claymore set low up to it remarked Folsom. Do I? inquired Nick, mildly. Well, responded Folsom, what are we to think? Anything you please. I am willing to take hold of this case, but, as I start under unusual difficulties, I want you to let me go at it in my own way. Certainly, Mr. Carter, said Kerr, but I don't see the difficulties with all this evidence. Nick raised his hand. You've done first-rate work mr kerr he said the evidence is sound as far as it goes but it don't go quite far enough the difficulties i refer to are the fact that so many men know that i am here and that the only man who can say that judson was murdered is dead i see it was carr who spoke Folsom turned pale you think then he said hoarsely that it was not a case of murder at all i didn't say so responded nick but this i will say for as i am in it now pretty deep there's no use in concealing my thoughts from you too but you mustn't let it go any further certainly not mr carter well then i don't believe that hank low did it both kerr and Folsom stared open-mouthed by thunder said kerr slowly if any man but nick carter said that he hesitated you'd say he was a fool remarked nick kerr laughed uneasily i am afraid i should he admitted that's all right said nick you can think that of me just as well as not if you want to meantime i'll go out and get acquainted with hank low to-night now won't you want help oh no if i don't come back with him as a voluntary prisoner mr kerr i'll help you arrest him in the morning and give you all the credit credit be hanged mr carter i'm not a jealous idiot glad to hear you say so you will lie low then till you hear from me again yes but if it was any other man you'd lock him up as a dangerous lunatic i know if i'm mistaken i'll own up frankly now 
tell me the way to mason creek kerr told him and advised him where to get a horse it seems to me said nick you've described a roundabout way yes the road runs along a crooked valley and around the base of a big hill if it was daylight i might tell you of a short cut over the hill but you wouldn't be able to keep to the trail in the dark to say nothing of the fact that the woods on the hill are not safe just now not safe no there's a scare about panthers out that way ah i shall have to keep my revolver handy it will be as well but of course you'll stick to the road yes though you might tell me where the trail strikes off it's about four miles from here you pass a perfectly bare ledge a hundred yards long at your right and then come to a stream instead of crossing the bridge you can follow up the stream in the daytime it's plain enough and not a bad ride for a good horse all right nick then gave some private instructions to patsy and left them he went to the stable that kerr had spoken of and hired a horse it was about eight in the evening when he galloped away and at that hour it was quite dark the road took him quickly out of the city and it was soon in a wild country where it would have been easy to imagine that there wasn't a town within a hundred miles the sky was clear but the moon had not yet risen nick did not ride hard for he felt in no hurry it was somewhat less than half an hour after he started when he noticed a long high ledge at his right probably the place kerr spoke of he thought he was glancing up at it when his horse suddenly leaped violently at the same instant there was a flash and a report from the bushes at the other side of the road nick's hat flew from his head it had been singed by a rifle bullet his hand caught his revolver but before it was drawn another shot came and the horse staggered nick slipped off quickly he ran a few paces and fell then he lay still and watched the horse fell in earnest he was some two rods from the detective and as he did not struggle after he went down nick knew that he had been instantly killed not another sound came from the bushes across the road confound them thought nick who was not scratched except for the slight mark on his forehead why don't they come out to make sure of their business it was clearly a case of murder intended for if the unseen villains had been robbers they would have crept forward to go through the supposed dead man and of course it was plain that they knew whom they were firing at nobody would have shot at a stranger like that this muttered nick is what comes of starting on a case with a brass band at the head of the procession he meant by this that he believed the attempt to kill him was connected with the death of judson it's only too easy to see how it happened he thought everybody knew i was sent for and there isn't a doubt that my arrival was spotted then it was easy to guess that i would go out to look up hank low and as this is the only way to his place they were sure of having a shot at me nick listened as he lay there but could hear no sound of steps on the other side of the road the rushing of the stream a little beyond would have drowned ordinary noises so that the would-be murderers could have got away without being noticed apparently that was what they did for the detective neither heard nor saw them 
he could only guess whether they believed that their shots had done their work while he was waiting the moon rose as the sky was perfectly clear the land became almost as light as day nick at last got up cautiously and went to his horse the animal had fallen at the side of the road and so was out of the way of any one passing nick took off the saddle and bridle and hid them in the bushes near i'll pay for the horse he thought but there's no sense in giving the saddle to the first thief who comes along he went back to the spot from which the shots had been fired and lit up the place with his pocket lantern if the scoundrels had accidentally dropped anything that could serve as a clue the detective would have found it nothing was there that could be of any use to him he saw traces of footprints on the grass and leaves but they were too faint to be measured having satisfied himself on this matter nick started on foot to finish his journey when he came to the stream he did not cross the bridge but turned into the trail that kerr had told him about the moon made the path perfectly plain at the start and nick took it not only to save the long walk around the base of the hill but to save time for some reasons he would have liked to go straight back to denver there was no doubt in his mind that his would-be murderers had gone to the city if he was there he might run across them but he believed it to be his first business to have a talk with hank low and so he went on the trail followed along the bank of the stream for some distance and then crossed it on a bridge of fallen trees after that it was very steep until it reached the summit of the hill although the trees were rather thick the moonlight came in on the eastern slope sufficiently to make the way clear it was different when nick began to descend upon the other side that slope was in shadow for the moon was not high enough to light it and more than once he found it difficult to keep on the path once he thought he had lost it and he was thinking that it would make him feel rather foolish to get lost at night in these woods better have kept to the road he muttered standing still there was a very steep descent just before him he could see hardly anything but he felt that the ground was dipping sharply at the left there was a ridge of bare rock and it seemed that the trail led along the underside of it this must be right he argued to himself by daylight a horse would get down here easily enough it's the right general direction anyway and i'll chance it putting his hands on the bare rock at his left to steady himself he went slowly down it was not a high ledge and he had come as he thought about to the bottom when there was a slight noise behind and almost overhead that startled him his revolver was in his hand instantly there was a blinding flash not ten feet in front of him and a deafening report swish went a bullet past his face then there was a blood-curdling scream in the air above and the detective fell flat under a heavy body End of chapter 12